Sweet Flatline MMA podcast episode number 65. The boys are back. We're ready to talk fights. UFC Vegas 18, uh, Saturday night. Great card overall. That was a good card. A lot of just crazy finishes. Um, I think unexpected wins. I think this card had it all for being just a, a fight night. Great Saturday night overall. Headlined by Alistair Overeem and Alexander Volkov. Um, let's just start with the, the main card here. We got into a couple fights. Uh, Flatline's own Diego Ferreira taking on uh, Benil Dariush. The rematch, I believe it was, what, six years in the making, seven years in the making. Uh, Benil got the better of uh, Diego in the first matchup. We knew this one was going to be fireworks. Um, I called it when he was on the show. I said he was going to get fight of the night. They did. Uh, unfortunately, didn't go Diego's way. Three-round war, though. Uh, Benil Dariush, split decision win over our boy Diego. Um, can't complain, though. Overall, great fight. I thought three rounds of just action pack, just everything. Striking, on the ground. Yeah. I, I think everywhere just looks so good. Um, how did you score the fight? Did you agree with the decision? Yeah, watching the fight, it, it seemed a lot closer to me that, than kind of what the uh... – the stats showed, but um, they both they both landed some really good shots. Both kind of wobbled each other at some points. Um, Darius got a lot of takedowns, which I, I think what was a kind of a game changer for for him for the fight. Um, but uh, yeah, in the jujitsu too, like Ferreira had him in some compromised positions. Darius put him in some danger on the ground too. So watching the fight, it was pretty, uh, it was really entertaining, looked pretty even, but um, Darius just, I think he had like five takedowns and um, he had, uh, he landed more and he was more accurate. So even though Diego might've been more active, Darius landed more, caught, caught the takedowns and had um, more time on top too when it came to the, the grappling side of things. So just looking at the stats, you know, it makes sense that Darius won, but watching the fight is really exciting. And um, yeah, I mean, it looked close all the way through. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. Uh, obviously, shout out to both of them, 50K each, which is uh, obviously huge. I know Diego, we talked about that when he came on the show. So that's awesome that that came to fruition. I agree. I think the takedowns were a big part of it. Um, I thought you know, rounds, I thought Diego obviously dominated round one, um, just landing that just massive up kick at the end of the round, just put an exclamation mark on there. And then, uh, yeah, round two, I thought Dariush did a pretty good job of just getting, getting a few takedowns. And then obviously round three was razor close. But again, I think the last few takedowns at the end of the round really kind of significant, uh, significant, signified the win for Dariush. I mean, both these guys were on, on big win streaks, uh, six win streak for Ferreira. Five for Dariush. Dariush is now on a six-fight win streak. This is a man that um, hasn't got the respect of this division yet, right? He just beat a top 10 guy. Dariush, I'm assuming, is going to take his spot come tomorrow morning. Um, I think it's time for him to get a big fight, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Five-fight, six-fight win streak in the lightweight division is, is nothing to just bat an eye at, man. This guy needs – he said it 
and his post-fight interview. He was like, Diego should have never have fought me. He should have had a top five opponent. Like when you go on a streak like this, you deserve better than that. So, um, you know, I'm taking a look at the, at this top 10. It's just a bunch of killers, man. I mean, you look at, you look at someone like Dariush has really his only setback has just been that kind of fluke knockout against, uh, Alexander Hernandez in the first friggin' 15 seconds. Um, you know, when Hernandez just like fake glove touched, remember that? And he just ran at him and he knocked him out. Um, I mean, that was a setback. Then we had the, obviously the big Barbosa flying knee. Uh, but uh, again, six fight win streak for Darius. So I think we're going to put some respect on his name. Shout out to those two. That's how you start off, um, you know, fight night. That was obviously super exciting fight of the night, 50 K each to them. Shout out Diego Ferreira. You can come back on the show anytime. You're our boy. Um, next, obviously Michael Johnson, Clay Guida. I mean, Clay Guida getting it done. The guy's freaking 70 years old beating Michael Johnson, who has probably the weirdest UFC career out of anyone on the roster. Guida looked good, man. It was a yeah. hard, just fought, right? Decision, but he looked good. He looked yeah. good. Michael Johnson, uh, you know, he looked flat foot. He really just didn't, you know, I just didn't, it wasn't the, the same old Michael Johnson that we're seeing knock everyone out, beating the guys like Dustin Poirier, Tony Ferguson, Edson Barbosa, right? He's had such a roller coaster of a UFC career, but shout out Clay Guida. Great win. Um, co-main event time. This one hurt, man. This one hurt. Corey Sanhagen taking on the legend Frankie Edgar. Bantamweight scrap, right? You got Corey Sanhagen, uh, who's been on, you know, he's been on a tear, right? He's coming back from that, that Aljamain Sterling, just rear naked choke, real quick, first round submission, right? Um, he had the hype behind him. He was on like a seven or eight fight win streak. Uh, the dude's one of the best, like up and coming prospects. Aljamain stops him in the first round via submission very easily. And we were all like, all right, what the hell? Then he comes back and he just TKOs Marlon Marais. And then he runs into Frankie Edgar, who again, Edgar coming off of a just great performance against Pedro Munoz, dropping down to bantamweight. Um, my God, he gets starched in 28 seconds. Corey Sanhagen flying knee, Frankie L. Cold, one of the most vicious, you know, you look at Masvidal Askren. I mean, people are going to be talking about Sanhagen Edgar for a while. That was vicious. I've never seen Frankie Edgar just go out like that. Even when Ortega knocked him out, it was still, you know, he was there, right? He got right back up. Like Frankie Edgar was down, man. Like I, I, I didn't, I was, I was scared for him, but I mean, what do you think of Sanhagen's performance? Because that was just, I mean, that cemented a title shot for him right there. I mean, what would you think? Because Sanhagen's for real, man. Yeah, I wish we got to see a little bit more, see him deal with the wrestling and Frankie Edgar. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess there's really not that much to say. I mean, the, I'm looking at the stats. There were a total of eight strikes thrown the entire fight, you know, four of which landed and one of them being that knee. So we didn't get to see see a whole lot but I don't know flying knees are like so crazy to me because like like how do you even like see an opening for that I feel like you just throw it and hope but but who, who knows I mean he landed it perfect I mean he, he must have saw something like I don't know but yeah it was crazy I mean that's going to be in the running for the one of the top knockouts of the year going to be tough to beat I mean, and to do it a guy like, you know, Frankie Edgar is no slouch. He might be on the, the tail end of his career trying to make one more run in a different weight class. But yeah, I mean, Frankie Edgar, I mean, he's been knocked out, you know, think about it. I mean, obviously, 
he's been kind of on a decline lately, but I mean, Ortega was the first one to knock him out and then Korean zombie. And then, you know, Corey Sanhagen comes with a friggin' flying knee. I don't think anyone expected that. Right. I thought this was going to be kind of a hard nose fight. I, um, I did pick Frankie in this fight. So whatever, I'll take my shit, but I mean, Sanhagen cemented his, his shot at the title, right? We got Aljamain yeah. and Jan going at it. Uh, I guess the tricky thing is, uh, is there any appeal in the UFC? Say Aljamain gets through Peter Jan. Is there any appeal to run back Sterling and Sanhagen? Because, I mean, Aljamain made it look easy. I mean, it, it, yeah. did it expose Corey's ground game that he doesn't have one? I mean, there was a quick takedown a quick submission with just kind of zero defense there. Do you see the UFC doing something that's like, oh, okay, Dillashaw's back as of January. I forget what date that was. Do they, are they like, okay, TJ's back. If Aljamain wins, he kind of already beat Sanhagen pretty easily. Do they just throw like TJ in the mix for the title? Or do you think they give Sanhagen that next, like that next shot? I mean, it wasn't too long ago. You got to think. Sanhagen got submitted by Sterling last June. So, right, it hasn't even been a year yet. So, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on, like, what happens next, potentially? Yeah, I mean, I guess on paper, if you look at it, like, TJ being a previous champion of, of the division, um, you know, Sanhagen losing to Aljamain not that long ago. Like, it would make – I guess it would make sense to put TJ. But I think having, you know, the suspension on his name, like, where he was – on the EPO, he was cheating. You know, he's taking performance enhancing uh, drugs. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think it would put a bad taste in everyone's mouth if they gave him a title shot coming off a two-year suspension like that. You know, Sandhagen's been been active. Um, he's been winning and he's been getting highlight real finishes since. So, and I, I don't think there's a another name in the division that you could put, put above them when it comes to, um, you know, who, who deserves the title shot the most. Yeah, no, you make a good point. Um, but you know what? The UFC loves money. You said it last episode. So it's like, I don't know. Do they throw TJ back in there? That that's like my biggest thing. I don't know. Um, or do you think, you know, to a guy like Sanhagen, right? Does he take a fight with Dillashaw? Do you think he plays it safe and, and he realizes that he's he's the next in line? Or is he like, you know what, screw it. Let me beat up TJ real quick. I mean, Bantamweight's stacked. There's just a list yeah. of killers waiting <laughs> to get that title. I mean, the, the top five is just ridiculous, right? Sterling, Sanhagen, Cody Garbrandt, Frank Yeager, and then Rob Font, right? Rob Font's kind of the dark horse on all this. Where does he come into play? And then you're adding TJ Dillashaw to the mix, who's an absolute savage, but... He's coming off, like you said, a two-year layoff, a suspension. So it's like, I'm curious to see what's going to happen um, because obviously with Jan and, and Aljamain fighting, there's going to be some clarity here. I'm excited. Like this is going to kind of resurge this top five and, and really answer some questions. So, I mean, if I'm Sanhagen, I'm, I think I'm just playing it safe. I'm like, I'm next in line uh, because to me, obviously Sterling's a nightmare matchup for him. I think he does pretty good against Jan because to me, I haven't seen that much of Jan to say this, this guy's going to hold the belt forever. I've seen him beat up a, a, an old Uriah Faber. And then I've seen him beat up Jose Aldo, which he had some trouble in that fight in that second and third round. He ended up getting a resurgence obviously at the end uh, and finishing him. But 
I see Sanhagen as like that guy that can beat Jan, to be completely honest. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I think Sanhagen is a pretty bad matchup for anybody in that whole division. I think I think the thing that he would have most trouble with it is Algerman with, with the wrestling. Yeah. But when it, when it comes to striking, I he's so creative and he's got so many different you know tools to his uh to his arsenal it's he's really unpredictable and he's, he's tough to deal with he's not you know a traditional boxer or kickboxer or anything like that he, he mixes it all so well so uh, i think i think all those guys have, have a tough time with him and i, I think algerman is probably the worst matchup for him but i think he even gives he gives algerman some trouble that, that's still a fight he can win yeah, because even in that fight, we didn't see too much. It just, like, immediately went to the ground and yeah. he got submitted when it's, like, I, I don't know what happened there. Even I was shocked at that result. Um, I know how dangerous Aljamain is, and that's taking nothing away from him. I think Aljamain, I mean, personally, I'm, we're going to make, you know, I'm going to make my picks in a few weeks, but I think Aljamain's going to get it done versus Jan. I think his just skill set overall is better. Jan has the better boxing, but I think Aljamain is just better everywhere. You know, and especially if this goes to the ground, we've seen him on the ground. But um, I just haven't seen enough of Peter Jan's skills to be like, this guy's going to hold the belt forever. So, um, but obviously, shout out Corey Sanhagen. Just, I got Sports Center top 10 knockout. Like you said, Kev, knockout of the year so far. And we've had some pretty goddamn good fights so far this year. So we'll see who cannot contend for that. And then looking at Frankie Edgar, man, obviously, tough tough run, right? Dropping down to Bantamweight, beating Pedro Munoz, who just beat Cody Garbrandt, right? Um, So you're you're thinking, like, you beat Munoz, closer to the title, he's in the top five in a new weight class. What do you do if you're Frankie Edgar here? You've had, you know, in your career, right, recently, three, you know, three bad knockouts, right? Uh, I know the Ortega one was a while back, but Korean Zombie, and then just getting flatlined, flatlined MMA, shout out, flatlined by Corey Sanhagen. I mean, where, where do you, like, does he make another run? Do you think he takes a step back? What, what is he doing now? I mean, he, he went, he was in the top five. So what happens next? Yeah. I mean, he, he made a post right, right after the fight. He talked about how much it sucked, but he says he's going to come back. So I don't know. I mean, he, he looked good against Munoz. You know, he could have had a pretty good fight against Sandhagen. I mean, it was just a, it's a crazy thing that, that flying knee. I mean, it was, just yeah. came out of nowhere. Who, who knows how that fight would have went if they just went kind of, uh, I don't know, if there wasn't like any like, I don't know, crazy, crazy finishes like that. If it was just like skill for skill, like if Frank was able to implement his wrestling, if they were able to go into, you know, the third round, the later rounds, uh, how, how that fight would have ended up, you know, it, it could have been, it could have been completely different, you know. Sure. But, um, so I, I still think he's he's definitely still top of the division. He, he could still definitely hang with all these guys in, in both the uh, the bantamweight and featherweight. But you know he has taken some pretty pretty good knockouts. It's probably a good thing for him to take a little take a little break and kind of see how these divisions shake out and just. Go, go for what's the best matchup for him at this point. You know, San, San Diego's a nightmare, nightmare matchup for anybody, especially for him being, you know, so short. I mean, when they did the 
when they did the face off, it looked like Sandhagen was like a foot taller than him. So I don't know. There's a there's a lot of good fights, you know. But she definitely definitely take a little bit of a break, I, I would say. Yeah, and Frankie's so active. So I mean, just to your point, like, yeah, take some time off. Let's reevaluate. And of course, you know, he's still gonna be in the top ten. Like you said, you know, of course Sandhagen is a high level guy, potential future champ of this division. So um and obviously Frankie's a legend who doesn't love that guy humble and defeat humble and loss whatever it is he's uh he's a savage um and I can't wait to see what happens with Sanhagen next because I think this kid really has all the tools to be uh a champ that can def- defend the belt multiple times he I mean he's got that effect he's long lanky like he's got power in his hands power in his feet we've seen it right in his legs like um, he's someone I think can be, like you said, a nightmare matchup for everyone in this top 10. Aljamain versus him. If Aljamain gets through Peter Jan, it's going to be a great rematch. I think he's going to make the adjustments and we'll see what happens there. So shout out Corey Sanhagen. Uh, unreal knockout. I don't know who's going to beat that this year. But then again, we had some crazy knockouts last year. So I'm excited to see who's going to contend there. Um, and let's get to the main event, guys. Alistair Overing taking on Alexander Volkov. Uh, obviously, just two octagon legends two monstrosities at heavyweight um alistair overing saying wanted to make one more run for the title man uh mm-hmm. on a little bit you know you take a look at him he's on a little bit of a streak right two fight win streak beat wall Terrace, then beat up augusto sakai right making another mm-hmm. run heavyweight i feel like um you know it is is in a weird spot right now because we had dc stipe fight three times right you got francis and gano who's still waiting for a shot we got john jones trying to jump up so that's kind of blocking the division a little bit. So Alistair Overing, who's been active throughout this whole uh, quarantine period, right? He's making a name for himself again. He's making that resurgence. And he's taking on a guy, Alexander Volkov, who, um, I mean, that guy, six foot seven, just a nightmare for everyone in this goddamn division. So long, so powerful, right? Um, you know, lost to Curtis Blades, comes back big, you know, beats up Wall Terrace, and then, um, you know, He's always been in big fights, the Derek Lewis fight, right? We all know what happened there. I mean, he was, I mean, he's basically, if he just lasted 10 more seconds, that Derek Lewis fight, we were talking about him on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fight win streak, right? He was probably going to get a title shot, but we all know what happened there. And then the loss to decision loss to Curtis Blades. Um, you know, these are two top level heavyweights and Volkov just getting it done by, you know, via knockout, which I didn't see coming round two I think just he he's just so long and he was just using his range so well and I, I think Alistair just didn't realize how hard he hit and he just stung him time and time again and I think uh over him just didn't have an answer for it so uh what'd you think about that fight I was pretty impressed with Volkov and his movement and obviously yeah. taking on a guy as as big as Alistair is and like how powerful he is he was taking some shots and Al, you know over him just didn't have an answer for it so what'd you think about that yeah, yeah, I think Volkov looked great, especially with Overeem being, you know, like a kickboxing world champion. Um, he just, he, in my eyes, he kind of dominated that fight. It didn't really look like Overeem was really able to get anything started or gain any momentum through that fight. It just looked like Volkov was just closing in as soon as the, the fight started. And um, I think... I think Overeem ended up breaking his nose or something in the yeah. second round. And I think that, you know, probably got into his head 
affected his game a little bit, opened them up, and Volkov went in for the finish. And pretty impressive. It's a good win for him. Yeah, and you look at Volkov, right? He was sitting at number six. I'm assuming he's going to flip flop with Overeem, take number five. Mm-hmm. Where does he, where does he go from here? Because he's kind of in a tricky spot. Because you take a look at the top five. Let's say he he moves into five, right? Obviously got knocked out by Derek Lewis, and then he lost by decision to Curtis Blades. Rosenstrike's got a dance partner, and then you got Francis Ngannou who's taking on Stipe. So he's kind of sitting waiting. Who do you see him fighting next? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to want to be active, but none of the fights uh, with anyone below him make sense for him to, to really take that risk. Maybe see what happens with uh, because the Rosenstrike game fight that's pretty soon, right? Yeah, yeah, that's so, soon. So, maybe, so that could be one. Yeah, maybe see where that ends up and take the winner of that. Now, I think both of those are, are decent matchups for him as well, with both those guys being strikers. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd say say probably probably that fight or like you know if he could get the Derek Lewis fight back or the Curtis Blades one, say just go for it. You know, I, I think I think all those fights make make sense for him. Is Derek Lewis? He basically already beat. You know, he, he'd get that one back. That'd be a pretty good one for him. And then uh, to beat Blades, I mean, he's number two. That, that, that'd be a huge win. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, he's in a good spot right now because he can, you know, although he wants to be active, I think he's in a spot where he's like, let me sit back. Like, we actually have a lo- bunch of heavyweight fights coming up. Let me sit back, take some time to rest, and then let's pick and choose because there's going to be a point where it's like, um, everyone in top five is fighting. So it's like, let's sit back, see what the hell happens. And, uh, we'll pick the best opponent. So, um, overall great main event. Like you said, I think I thought it was, it was complete domination too. I mean, taking on a guy like Overeem with the skills that he has and the, the record that he had coming into the UFC in terms of him, like kickboxing and, uh, his experience there. I mean, he looked like a friggin' it, it was dominant. So, um, and to see a guy like Overeem, uh, I'm assuming he's not going to make his run anymore. He's had friggin' 70 plus fights in his career. Um, we'll see what he does, reevaluates. I mean, knowing him, he's going to want to come back. I think he gets 500,000 a fight. So, I mean, if I was him, I'd come back and fight for the money. So, um, but overall, UFC Vegas 18, uh, the first fight night in February in the books. It was a good one. Overall, really great card. Dana White, thank you again for just putting on uh, unreal shows. And then, Let's just get to the main event, UFC 258, this Saturday night, live, ESPN+. Plus. Uh, we got a title fight, ladies and gentlemen. We have Kamaru Usman taking on Gilbert Burns for the welterweight title. Um, we have a fight between friends, between training partners. I am stoked about this one. Kamaru Usman, um, just this dominant force in the welterweight division. No one has been able to crack the code. Um you know, he's his only loss in his career came back in 2013. He's just been on an absolute tear, um, 12 and 0 in the UFC, I believe. Um, you know, has barely lost rounds. I think Colby Covington has, you know, been his kind of toughest fight to this to this point. Um, really put on a masterclass performance against everyone he's fought in the UFC. And then he's facing a guy, Gilbert Burns, who who came up from lightweight, right? He's on a six-fight winning streak right now. 
taking out the likes of Gunnar Nelson, Damian Maia, dominating Tyron Woodley. How do you see this matchup? This is interesting. I got a lot of people saying Gilbert has the skill set to beat Usman, but I haven't seen anything that's going to show me that Usman has weaknesses. You know what I mean? Like I, his cardio is ridiculous. His striking is getting better, right? Mm-hmm. We know he's got Khabib-like wrestling, Khabib-like pressure. Uh, you know, how do you see this fight going down? And, and overall, like who who gets their hand raised and who is it? And new or and still? What are we what are we talking here? Yeah, like like the typical Usman fight is he pressures his opponent up against the cage, takes him down, and then just either rides him or gets a little bit of ground pound and kind of repeats that through the rest of the fight and gets the decision victory. But um, I don't know if he's going to want to wrestle with with Burns because Burns has some great jiu-jitsu. And I think Burns' wrestling is pretty good. Like the way he was taking Woodley down, I don't know. I was, I was pretty impressed by that. So I, I have a feeling that it might might end up being a fight kind of like the Covington fight, where it's just coming down to the striking. Um, and to that, I think I think those guys are pretty even, you know. So I don't know. It's a tough one to pick. I I would probably say Usman though. Usman, uh, Usman, you think just via decision? Think just like a split? Or are we talking unanimous? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, because what the way his wrestling is, because like you know how we always talk about the jujitsu versus wrestling, like a good jujitsu, yeah, yeah, mitigate someone's wrestling. The way he does it is he for, he forces the person up against the cage and get goes for the takedown off of that, so he never really ends up in anyone's guard or anything like that. So he doesn't really have to roll a whole lot. So I don't know. But I think it's, just, I think it's going to come down to strike. And I, I don't think he's going to really want to roll with uh, Burns. And I, I don't think Burns is going to be looking for a takedown either. I think it's going to come down to the striking. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, overall, I, I think this is going to be a great fight. I just – I look at someone like Usman where we haven't really seen – we haven't seen too many weaknesses, right? Even in that Colby fight, like, yeah, he was getting, you know, he was getting stung by Colby's jabs. Um, yeah. Well, Colby to me is, you know, obviously a top two welterweight in the world. I think Colby's really the only one that's going to give Camaro trouble. I mean, we saw, you know, in the Masvidal fight, although Masvidal took the fight on, on six days notice, right? Usman, it, it was pretty light work, right? He, I think, you know, Jorge had him in trouble in the first, I'd say, you know, minute and a half when he was throwing that flurry. But other than that, I mean, Usman kind of dominated the rest of the, those four rounds. Mm. I look at a guy like Gilbert, right? Knocked out at lightweight, right? Found his groove up at welterweight, been knocking people out, uh, dominating. Like that, that obviously, uh, the victory over Tyron Woodley, super impressive. Uh, a guy like Woodley, I know he's on the decline as well. But um, what he did to Damian Maya, like I know Damian Maya seems like the gatekeeper for everyone, right? For Usman, for Colby, for... Uh, for Woodley, everyone, I feel like everyone, you know, beats Damian Maia and they're like, oh, title shot instantly. Um, but Gilbert Burns has looked impressive, man. And he's someone who I definitely think can give Usman problems depending where it goes. And like I, for me, I think on the feet, Gilbert has the advantage. 
And that's where I'm curious to see, like, like you said, is Usman going to take him down? Because I don't know if that's going to be the game plan. And that's what worries me a little bit. If it does stay on the feet, Gilbert's got the power in his hands. Um, but again, man, Usman's just so strong. When he gets you up against the cage, you're not going anywhere. I still like to this day, like he exposed Woodley that night. Like I, that's still one of the best performances I've ever seen. Like what he did to Woodley when Woodley was on that tear, like that was super impressive. Um, but I am also going to say Kamaru via decision. I don't think he finishes Burns. I think Burns is friggin' tough. I know Burns got knocked out by Dan Hooker. That was that lightweight, though. He was draining himself. I think he really found his, his natural weight right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be hard fought, though. I say unanimous, but I think, I think it's going to be tougher than I originally thought. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be Colby tough, where it's going to be like razor thin coming to the fifth. But I think this is going to be a great fight. I think like the first three rounds are going to be super competitive. And I think Kamaru with his, with his conditioning and his wrestling is really just going to like put the, you know, put his foot on the gas, come the fourth and fifth. That's I think, and still Kamaru Usman. So we're both in alignment there. He wins this. He's on his third title defense, right? You got a guy in Woodley who had four. They started talking about is Woodley, you know, the greatest welterweight of all time where if he gets past Gilbert Burns, is it make the Colby fight again? Like who else in that, who else within that top five are you looking at being like, they can give Usman a run for their money. Like I know we got Shamayev and and Leon Edwards fighting. Is that next in line? Does Colby get the rematch? You know, does Jorge get a rematch? Like what, what do you see? Let's just say Usman wins, beats Gilbert Burns via decision, whatever it is. What's next for him? Because he's starting to cement himself as pound for pound, one of the best in the world on his way to being like, you know, one of the goats in the division. You know, if he gets three title defense, one more for, for Tyron Woodley. Right. Um, I don't know. What do you think happens next? If he beats, beats Burns. Yeah. The fight I, I want to see is the Covington fight, but you know, there are guys that, can make a case like Leon Edwards, he's on a winning streak right now, even though he hasn't fought in a while. He, he's still still on the winning streak. Um, I still like Wonderboy Thompson. Yep. You know, he, I think a lot of people forget about him, but um, he's number five right now. And then, um, you know, you get Kamzat, he's down at 15, but. Fight Leon. Yeah, you, you don't you don't know what could happen in a year, a year and a half with him, with, with how active he is. So he, he could easily make his way uh, up the rankings this year. And then uh, another dangerous one is Vincente Luque. That's another person that I think could make his way to the top of this division. But the fight that I, I really want to see, I want to see Covington and Usman again. Do you think that uh, Masvidal Covington will happen this year or no? Or do you think that's all just like smoke and mirrors kind of? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess it just, it would probably just come down to money because I feel like Covington's real goal is just getting to the belt and then, it's not a bad second option for him, but uh, 
yeah, I think his primary goal would be getting that Usman fight back. Yeah, I mean, who, who wouldn't want to see that? I think, uh, you know, w- with that year, we had so many good fights that that one was kind of caught in the crosshairs. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was definitely a fight of the year candidate uh, to just overbearing wrestlers that had a boxing match. I don't think anyone thought that that was going to happen. So I'd pay to, to see that one again. Um, and I mean, I look, I look right now and um, you know, we have, we have Kamzat taking on Leon Edwards very soon. If Kamzat beats Leon Edwards, he's in the top five. I think that sets himself up for a title shot. And I think if he beats Leon Edwards financially for the UFC, I think everyone's going to want to see if this guy is that legit that in his you know, what would it be his fifth UFC fight? He's fighting for the belt. Yeah. I mean, yes. um, well, possibility. it's insane. Kamzak could be fighting literally in the summertime for the belt. If he gets past Leon, obviously tall order, the, the, the caliber of fighters that Kamzat has faced versus the caliber of fighters that like Leon Edwards faced and Kamara Usman is, you know, is definitely on a different level. But if this guy pulls it off, he could be fighting Usman by the summertime. If Usman gets past Burns, now, flip-flop it, Burns wins. Who do you want to see next? Hmm. That's still Covington? Does he, does he get redemption, or do you think they, they run it back? I don't think it's Covington, just because he, he's, he's coming off a loss. I think it's going to be, you know, maybe they make, uh, depending on how the fight is, they, they make a Usman rematch if it was a really exciting fight. Um, but other than that, uh, I would probably say winner of Edwards, Chermayev. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the only thing I could think of. I mean, Masvidal is coming off a loss. Um, you know, Thompson really hasn't been in the discussion, but, you know, he, he's always right there, um, and then, like, Chiesa, Maya, Luque. Uh, yeah, I think I think Edwards would be next in line, but he has to beat Tremayev. And if Tremayev beats him, he could, he could definitely take that spot. Yeah, it's super exciting. Like, I look at a guy like – I like a guy like Chiesa who kind of, you know, surged in the past couple of years. Uh, he's someone to watch out for. I think uh, him versus Wonderboy would be a good fight. Um, I know Wonderboy's making a run for that belt. I can definitely see him getting another shot. Uh, with this division being so exciting and, and finally picking up again and, and you know, having a dominant champion, bold prediction, who is the welterweight champion by the end of 2021? If you were to say right now, make a bet on it right now, who is the welterweight champion at the end of the year? Is it and still? Is Camaro keeping that belt? Or are we going to see a new face holding that belt? Yeah, I mean, I think Usman beats Burns, and then he probably has, what do you think, he fights one more time this year? I'd say one more, yeah. So, you know, he's either got Covington, Edwards. I don't know. Mayim or Wonderboy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he fights Covington. That, that, that's a 50-50. That, that's a tough fight for him. Um, I think he gets it done with Edwards. Just with the wrestling, if he can avoid staying there striking with him. He beat him once. 
Um, yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, the fight would have to be made, the Covington versus Usman. Yeah. And I would say Covington would probably get that one back. I, I, I think he – I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that fight was so close, and Covington was – I don't know. If he didn't have the broken jaw, do you think that would have been a different fight? I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, we, we rewatched that the other night. It was so razor close. And there was never a point like, I think you could have made the case. I, I, I think you could have made the case that Colby was up. You yeah. could have. But you also could have made the case that it was tied. And then you could have made the case that Kamara was up. Like, it was so back and forth, the scorecards. And then, like, obviously, I mean, even if the finish didn't happen, would you have considered that fifth round? Like, let's say he didn't get finished. He got up after that. Two knockdowns. Is that a 10-8? And do you think that would have been a draw? Or no? Would it have, like, say it when it, yeah, like, could there have been a potential for that to be a draw? Or is that a 10-8 round? Like, that's the thing. Like, if he didn't get finished. Yeah. If, if that's a 10-8 round, I mean, that would have been a 10-8 round. Yeah. Yeah, Usman, Usman probably gets the win. I, I don't think – I don't think uh, – what's his name? Covington was going in three to one. Like, th- those four rounds before were, like you said, razor thin. You know, they could have won either way. It, I, I don't know how the judges would have uh, lined up on that. But, yeah, I mean, so Usman wins, beats Burns, faces Covington after. I think – Covington beats them, and then they have a trilogy fight. That would be so sick. That would be so sick. I, I, I agree that, with you. Do that on the same night as Poirier McGregor three. Man, that'd be unreal. That'd that be unreal. Be cool. That'd be a sick card. There's so many good friggin' matchups. Um, I, I think that'd be great. I think that is the fight you have to make. Depending on what happens with Chemayev, I just think like the, the story for Chemayev is just way too good to not have that fight. But obviously Covington, um, you know, I have no idea what his gimmick's going to be anymore because like Trump's not in office. So like I wonder how he's going to like play into his trash talk and his persona, all that stuff. But that's the fight to make. Um, I didn't think of having a possible trilogy, but that is badass. So I'm going to agree with you on that one because those two guys are like the same fighter. I think Usman's, you know, just a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. But, I mean, Colby's pace, Colby's cardio has been great. They're both, like, the same friggin' fighter. So, I'm curious to see what happens there. Um, and then, I guess just to go off your point, McGregor Poirier, Ariel Hawani stated today the UFC is in talks right now for they want to push Poirier McGregor 3 come May because that's when Connor wants to come back. Do you agree with it? Do you – I mean – does it make sense? And and who wins that one? I mean, McGregor made a post today saying no more Mr. Nice Guy. Does that mean he's going back to his trash talking ways? Is he going to start bashing Dustin? Like what? I'm just so confused with this whole thing now because it's just lightweight is so stacked. I feel like they just can't do that to the division. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the best fight for Connor right now because, you know, if, if he ends up losing again, you know, it's to Dustin Poirier, who's, you know, top of the division. If he loses to anybody else, if he goes into his Nate Diaz fight or if he goes into um, 
you know, any anyone else in the 155, you know, his record what would turn to what what is he like one in three in his past four fights or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, crazy, right? So like I, I think I think lose losing to Dustin isn't gonna be as big of a hit to his not reputation, but standing in the division as it would if you lost to um, like Mike Chandler or any of those other guys. And Nate Diaz, if he comes down to 155. So I think, I think it's a good fight for him. But May, after a knockout loss, I mean, this is kind of what we've seen with um, Dillashaw and Gabriel. They ran that back. They ran that back pretty quick, and it was the same, same result. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, they both got one. They're one and one right now, both with knockouts over each other. Um, you know, I didn't think McGregor was totally outclassed in that fight. I thought it was pretty even. The calf kicks were kind of the uh, the difference in the fight. But when it came to the came to the boxing and everything else, I thought it was pretty even. Um, you know, Dustin Dustin had the takedown, which is pretty good. Um, McGregor had, had better clinch work, but you know, it was a competitive fight overall. So it, was, it wasn't like um, McGregor was out of that fight in the least. It just the accumulation of those calf kicks and uh, just a good game plan on Poirier's. End. Yeah, I think when you're dealing with McGregor, it's just all about money. Like Dana White's looking at his cash cow being like, we can do, you know, we have the Poirier trilogy. Mm-hmm. And then you know what? When when if Connor wins the belt, we'll just throw friggin' Nate in there for the trilogy with Nate for the belt. Like they just they see dollar signs when they see Connor. They just had the second largest pay-per-view in the history of, of MMA. I mean, and that's Connor coming losing. Think about his comeback again. We talk about like every fight is Connor's comeback because he doesn't fight so yeah. but coming back from a loss, that's what's going to generate the most money. People want to see McGregor loses one more time. I mean, he's basically, you know, obviously not out of it, but you got to kind of reevaluate at that point, losing twice back to back, you know, to a guy like Poirier, who's the top of the division. If he can't beat him, he's never going to get that belt back. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of become the thing where, People would still love to watch him fight. They'd pay for his main events, but no one's going to want to watch him fight for a title. Exactly. I mean, pe- people will, but it's not going to make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, with especially with the way that division is, like it's just all killers at the top of that division. Uh, there's a lot of good fights that, that can be made uh, out of those guys. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think, I think he does come back with the trash talk. I think he's going to come back with the mind games because that's something How he's going to Like, he was just so cordial to Dustin. Say they run it back. Like, what can he say to Dustin? I just don't even get it. You know, like, if he was fighting someone else, like, like so let's say he came back and fought Diaz. That makes sense because, like, they have history. But he was, like, you know, promoting the hot sauce and, like, you know, being nice to his wife, like, I just feel like you can't come back from that or anyone's, everyone's going to be like, oh, this is an act. You know what I mean? Like, do you think he can really, I mean, I know he's the king of mind games, but 
Do you think like even after getting knocked out like that, like he can come back and even and even have a trash talk game? I don't know. Maybe it's just not so much trash talk, but the mind games. But I, I think it's that's something that he's gotten away from, you know, that kind of got him to where he was. Yeah. Um, but then, then there was also things in the fight, you know, with his stance and kind of his fighting style that uh, he abandoned that um, worked for him before and got him the two belts. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of changes you can make. But, yeah, yeah that, that'd be a fun one. But running back this soon, I don't know. We'll see, man. The UFC loves money. Uh, there's just so many goddamn good fights coming up. But uh, just to go back to the pay-per-view this weekend, guys, UFC. Oh, I don't even. I don't even remember what what. I don't even remember what pay-per-view that. What pay-per-view is it? UFC 258, Usman versus Burns this Saturday night, uh, live on pay-per-view. Go buy that shit. It's gonna be a great fight. Um, comment below if you think it's gonna be and still or and new. I'm curious to see. I know um, Usman's got kind of this uh, rejuvenated fan base, but I know a lot of people love Gilbert Burns, so I'm curious to see who you got here. Um, you got the Nigerian Nightmare or Gilbert Burns. Comment below. Guys, thank you so much for the support. We're blowing the fuck up. Go like our photos on Instagram. Uh, we're getting a massive following on Instagram. Go to our website, www.flatlinemma.com. We want to up our subscribers, guys. We're trying to get to 1,000 subscribers uh, in the next few months. Help us out. Go share our stuff. Go like, go turn your notifications on, do whatever you got to do to be up to date with all the best Flatline news. Go buy some merch, go to our website, show us some love. And until next time, Flatline MMA. Peace.